the show is about to begin. <laughs> now Seeger to right center field, way back there, and gone again! 7 nothing, and now Simeon crushes a ball, back to left field, Gurry out of the wall, goodbye! Spooky night in Arizona. The Rangers shook the Diamondbacks early and are now one win away from their first ever World Series title in franchise history. But first, let's talk out game four and get ready for game five. Jason Kipnis, Eric Kratz, AJ Przinski, I'm Scotty Braun. It's the Foul Territory World Series postgame show live. You are now listening to Foul Territory. Welcome to the show. Hey, look who's here. Jason Kipnis joining the party tonight. How do you think baseball is being received in Arizona right now, Kip? Uh, I think they wish the game started probably past the fifth inning tonight. <laughs> they would have won. <laughs> they would have won. I would have liked it a lot better. AJ, what was uh, the thing you said when you first popped on to say hi to us before the show went live? It's about something at the end of the game. Mm, who has the most runs wins no it has to do with the reliever that's really LeClerc. good on the rangers uh jose leclerc why the heck was he in the game with the with a six run lead with two outs and i think will smith has been around long enough he could have probably figured a way to get one out before he gave up six runs but i don't know man it seems like that was a bochi that was over managing to me i mean leclerc if they're going to win it tomorrow they're going to need leclerc probably to pitch tomorrow that'd be three days in a row so i don't know i was surprised by that one i didn't i didn't love that move manager eric kratz would you have done that i wouldn't have but i guess he had to it'll be one of those hindsight things maybe they don't even need him tomorrow night maybe the diamondbacks take one to make sure the rangers can win this thing at home Bullpen games, not my thing. I'm sorry. Even when they're like, quote, good bullpen games, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's not as good as two starters matching up. Even if the starter gets clobbered, one of them, you know, it's just, it's not sexy. It's not good for the game. In terms of aesthetics. And, what? He needs a starter. He, yeah, won five he was a starter. I, I'm fine with that. I'm. But what about the Diamondbacks? I, they had a couple starters in. Ryan Nelson, Kyle Nelson, Frias. I guess Frias didn't start, but they put two starters in just later in the game. Yeah, yeah. Not enjoyable. this is what this is what happens if in, in, when bullpen games go wrong. This is what happens right here. You get these type of games where you give up eleven. It, it's just when bullpen games go wrong, you get these ugly games, and that's why starting pitching usually wins. And say what you want about Heaney. He gave him five solid innings. Granted, he was up 10-0 in the third inning, but he still got through five and saved some bullets for him for tomorrow. I mean, now they have Evaldi, and they have most of their main relievers ready to go, and I'm sure LeClerc will be available too. But when bullpen games go wrong, this is what you see. I mean, you know, Mantiply did fine, but then Castro came in and gave it up big time, and then after that it was just a parade of, you know, 10-0 in the third, the game's over. Probably should avoid Corey Seager a little bit more. I feel like whatever their game plan is against him, not really working. Time to re-strategize. <laughs> Just stop. Stop. Why are they pitching to him? him? Yeah. 
I don't understand. It's every game now. Like, isn't that the one guy to pitch around? And Adolis Garcia, not to mention, we'll get to that, but Garcia and Max Scherzer are done for this World Series. You know what? Let Travis Jankowski beat me. Can can you not say that in the meeting with your pitcher, Kratz? Why, why can't you say that? Why can't? It's happening every day now, though. I, well, it was happening to the Astros, too. I mean, the Rangers were doing that to the Astros. They kept like, hey, we're going to set up Will Smith, Jordan Alvarez matchup. Oh, we're going to set up the, you know, we're going to bring Bradford in to face Jordan. Stop. Stop. Just start bringing the righty in to face Simeon. And now, because you keep matching it up so that Simeon, or so that you can get Seeger out, Simeon finally started to get some hits. And, like, that's the way you get those guys out. It's kind of how... I actually got some hits when I was in the big leagues. I couldn't hit a slider. So I hit the fastball before the slider. Like you can't, it's okay to not get Seager out. It's okay. Just get the guys out around them. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, you don't make an adjustment, AJ, next game. Like, hey guys, if we lose again, our season's over. Let's avoid Seager, or at least, I mean, yeah, like Kratz said, you're bringing in, you know, kind of average relief lefty arms to face him. Not working. So if you've got your big boy in a big spot and you need to get an out, okay, right? One of your high leverage guys. But if not, like maybe, maybe you know, you make him swing outside the zone or take a walk. He hasn't taken a walk in a, in a few games now, has he? Well, he also, I mean, they had their high leverage reliever. Remember Paul Seawald? And he got to him too, so... It's tough because they're in a tough situation. They got Gallon going tomorrow. They're going to need some innings out of Gallon because all their all their long guys threw today, pretty much. I mean, both Nelsons threw today. Uh, you know, Saul Frank threw again. I mean, they, they're going to have to need. They're going to need at least six tomorrow out of Gallon if they have a chance to get to Thompson, Ginkle, and and Seawald at the back end. So it, it's a it's a rough situation. Obviously, down three one, we know that. But it's even rougher because when you have these bullpen games, if they don't go right, you use everybody, and it makes it tough for the next game. That's why you, these bullpen games have to go right and give Bruce Bochy credit. Once again, the master of the bullpen with Heaney, five innings, and then using his guys up until Leclerc is the only thing I didn't that he did that I don't think any everyone totally agrees with. But, hey, they won, so he, he knows more than we do. I'm getting 10 outs from Ginkle and Seawald by the lead. More than 12, that. but 10. More than that? 12? I mean, maybe I guess because mm. you're going to have to, you just got to, it's right now you have your backs up against the wall and you have one night. You got to just win to get to the next day. Right. You just got to get to right. game seven because anything happens in a game seven. So I think you just get, you just got to get there first. This is when Let's MVPs say- are made. Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, they're going to have to take this team on their back. Gallon throws a big game here. Merrill Kelly will have to throw a big game. And if he does, that's MVP time for Merrill Kelly. Yeah. So the Rangers are now 10 and 0 on the road in the postseason. That's really good. One dude who definitely does not give a shit about where he's hitting baseballs, um, Corey Seeger. But another one who definitely is like a pretty composed, easygoing dude who was struggling for a while has turned it on, especially today, and started getting going in the last game. He is our player of the game.
foul territory player of the game. And we, I mean, we can talk about ahead, Kip. Yeah, that's your guy. You can talk about Seeger being all world too, but uh, just because this guy's been struggling, Simeon's been one of the more reliable guys in the league for the last couple of years. Last five, like he posts every day. Like you said, he's been quiet, but you might not notice if he's going well or bad at times. I think this was kind of his obviously coming out party and introduce himself like, hey, it's not just Corey. We can't just pitch around Seager. You got me in this lineup too because they have a good offense. There's nothing like a reliable, consistent second baseman, right? Hey, I hear you. <laughs> Did he play every game this year? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's impressive. That's what I'm saying. When you can count on a guy, just put his name in the lineup every day and not have to worry about it, that's awesome. Isn't that what most teams want though? I mean, I, mean, I know we're in the air we're in the era of, of, of platooning and this and that, but you look at the really good teams, they use the same guys over and over again. I feel like the Rangers, you know, Simeon, Young, Heim, Seeger when you know he missed a month, but Garcia, right? It's the same guys every day in and day out. Nathaniel Lowe. You go to the Braves, right? You go, you go. To certain the teams that are good year in and year out are the teams that use the same guys. The Astros, Altuve, Abreu, Pena, Bregman, Alvarez, right? It's the same guys repeatedly. That's what every, every organization wants, but they can't find them. They can't do every it. Every organization and every manager wants those flexible guys who can play multiple positions, but you won't find one manager that wouldn't love to just write the same names on the lineup card every single day. The best teams well, have it, 100%. Mm -hmm. The Phillies, you didn't mention the Phillies. Look at... Kyle Schwarber's, <clears throat> whatever you say about his defense, he wants to be out there. He doesn't want to have days off. The Dodgers, Freddie Freeman, leader of that team, he wants to be out there, doesn't want to have days off. I get it. These guys are all-stars, perennial all-stars. But when you can, especially top-of-the-order type of guys like that, it is such a value. So when you saw the two injuries that were announced before this game started, Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer done for – the rest of the World Series here. Did you think, uh oh, Texas is in trouble? I didn't. I mean, obviously Scherzer's not really himself right now. He's he, he's he's been okay, but he's not been the normal Scherzer we're used to. He's coming back early from an injury. Adolis is a big loss, but at the same time, I mean, dude, they've got thump in their lineup without him. They're a good team. I thought the Garcia injury obviously hurt them a little bit more than the Max because I don't think Max was pitching besides maybe he would have came back in game seven, but I think that would have been probably a bullpen game for them too. Uh, but the other one hurt where you started questioning how without Garcia that they might be able to pitch around uh, Seager and all that, but then in comes Simeon and you, the rest of the lineup gets hot and then you realize that there's really nowhere to go for these pitchers. Okay, I got to ask you, Kip. You were up 3-1 in a World Series in this decade. Yeah, trust me. I, you're not going to hear me say it's over for the team that's up three to one by any means here. Uh, but off the air, we were talking about the comparisons in this series, and there there really are a lot to the 2016 one with us and the Cubs. And that's why, uh, just to hit back on it with the Leclerc, I thought both teams. It happened in our series in 16 that we got Chapman up in Game Six, and I thought that he didn't need to throw, and I thought that was going to play in our benefit, which it did in Game Seven. And even against us, I thought we used Miller in game five when we shouldn't have. And he was then tired. So I'm, I'm even if it's for one batter, it's all the pitches that they're throwing in the bullpen and just getting loose. And you have that high energy, even if it's for one out. Uh, 
it takes a little bit out of you. It's 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 you're using up some of the bullets that they have, and it can come back to play in the series. But also the same way this... that the Cubs did, the same way the Cubs did is the other thing. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now where you need, uh, like the the Cubs had, let's see, they had Lester, Arietta, um, and Hendricks set up behind them. So now you need that Gallon and Merrill Kelly to to be the aces that they are to get this back there. That's it. Set up all like that. Yeah, and then once you get to seven, it's whatever. I mean, it's whatever. anything can happen, as we know. Um, also, back to this game for a moment. I mean, I know he actually found it a little bit with his bat, but AJ, sort of rough little play there for Christian Walker that you know could have been a double play. I mean, to me, that really was the game there that cracked the inning open. I'm 10 two out runs. I know. I mean, obviously, you got to pitch well, but he's had a rough series. Aside, I know he got some some hits kind of later on in this game, but it's a tough play there after the, you know, the play what um, in game three where they could have scored first. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're not going to, I'm not going to beat on Christian Walker too bad. Um, that was a tough play. He was trying to make a double play. Uh, it was going to probably be a three, six, one, which is the most difficult double play to turn in baseball. He missed it, but then they got the second out. So then it's on the pitcher to get him out of it. Right. He, even I remember, I think Frias was pitching. He looked right at Walker, and Walker goes, I got you. Get me another one. You saw him do it. Like He's like, I got you. Get me another ground ball. And then he struck out Tavares, and then Jankowski, who you guys said, make him beat you. Well, he had a couple big hits for him tonight to to beat him. So uh, it's just the way the Rangers are rolling right now. Yes, Garcia's not there, but you throw Jankowski in there, he gets two hits, drives in a couple runs, and then obviously the the Simeon home run to put it at 10, put the game away. But I mean, they still got two outs, and the, they had a chance to get out of that inning without any more damage. And, you know, Jankowski and Simeon came up with two outs and got it done for him. So I can't put all this on Christian Walker. That's a lot to throw on one guy. He's been their guy for the last couple of years, even when people didn't even know who the Diamondbacks were. He was out there swinging it, playing every day, winning gold gloves at first base. So it, it's tough. You feel bad for a guy like Christian Walker, but also pitchers have to make pitches. Yeah, and I think, I think there's going to be a huge, like, you you sit you sit in a Rangers position. Kip was in the Rangers position where they are, you know, three one. Who's the guy that you're afraid of over there? I'm afraid, obviously, of Cattell Marte. He, he's going to do his thing. He's going to get his one or two hits a game. If Christian Walker gets hot, like he was hot during a four game stretch, two two game series against the Rangers during this season. Hit three dingers. He can change the game. That's why he's going to be in the spot in the lineup. He had three hits tonight. Garbage hits, good hits. They're hits. He might start feeling it. He starts feeling it. This dude had 33 pumps this year. He's a 100-RBI guy. He could, he could change the complexion of this series when you kind of counted him out because you can't count him out. And Cattell Marte is going to be on base. You better do it soon. You're running out of time. I'm looking at Corbin Carroll. Yeah. I, I want him. He's the guy that I, when I think of the Diamondbacks, I think of him more. If he starts getting on and gets starts stealing bases, and that's the, I feel like the Diamondbacks ball where they're pesky and running all over the place, he sets the table for that offense. Yeah, it's true. Because, I mean, they're not going to outslug the Rangers, even without Adolis no. Garcia. No. But they you know, still don't steal. Power hitting team. But they didn't even steal tonight. Marte, in the first mm -hmm. inning, Marte leads off the game. He went with two outs. He got a horrible jump and got thrown out. But even after Heaney threw over twice and had no more throwovers, he didn't even – he had a tiny lead and didn't go. The game for the for the Diamondbacks is put pressure on him, right? 
you get you're down two one in this series. Cattell Marte gets a leadoff hit, and you don't even attempt to steal till there's two outs. Like, what, I mean, try to go early in the count. Let Corbin Carroll hit a ground ball to get you to third with one out, and then let your you know let someone drive you in from third with less than two outs. But to not even go until there's two outs, I, I feel like the, the Diamondbacks for all the publicity and all the hype we've all given them for being aggressive and and being this chaos team. I think we talked about it last night, Kratzy, where we said they only do it when they're ahead. They don't. It's like they're scared until they get like three or four runs ahead. They're like, oh no, oh now we're ahead. Now we can play our game. But how about we start that in the first inning? Cattell Marte's on first. Freaking take off, get to second, push the envelope. You're down. You got to score first. Again, they didn't score first. And again, I, I don't know how Kratzy feels about this, but the, the, the catcher on one knee with a runner on third, it came back to bite him again. I know that's the way they do it, but. Again, the first run scored on a ball in the dirt that Moreno couldn't move over because he's on one knee. Say what you want about it, but that's a big run in these World Series games. I completely agree. This is where runs, points on the board in games are different than analytical evaluations of who is good at doing something. We're just specifically talking about receiving. The numbers receiving, he is he's athletic enough. Moreno's athletic enough to be able to move around and he got stuck right there and his glove, does he get it if he's not up in the blocking stance? I I don't know. But to me, it's the optics of it and it's the fact that Heim Heim had some nice, nice blocks that he was able to get to. And if, if, let's put it this way, if it's because he was on one knee that he didn't block the pitch, I have a huge problem with it. Huge problem. That's what everyone does now, though. I mean, you're going to change right there? Yeah, but everybody – yes, it's okay to change. It's okay to be able to do two things. It's okay to be able to hit a dinger and bun a guy over. Nate Lowe should have early in the game, he should have figured out a way to be able to put the ball in play. Is that a tough matchup? Absolutely it is. And I'm not saying Nate Lowe – like, it was, it was something that, you know, he's got to change, but hitters on good teams – can adapt to things. So on defense, it's it's no different. You don't see an infielder like, hey, bro, like I'm no good with my backhand, so I don't need to be able to do that. Like I'm just more of a forehand guy, so if they hit it to my backhand, we're just not going to make the play. Like they're just punting. They're punting on that run with a slower runner at third base. I'm going through the chat right now, and yeah, I see a little bit of it, but there are some fans that think, we're not loving the Rangers enough. This is the classic. You call a game. This is AJ calling a game. You hate both teams. You love both teams. Uh, let me be clear. If you watch foul territory every day, the Rangers are a more talented team. They spent more on their team. They are getting more out of their team right now. So I don't think there's any doubt on that front. There's just a, a lot of problems in the beginning of the game and just not seeing the total brand of baseball that we see from Arizona. No, I mean, on the other side, the Diamondbacks are pretty much screwed. (laughs) I don't know what else you want us to say. You've got Evaldi, who's been one of the best big game pitchers there. Jordan Montgomery after that, if need be. Um, Yeah, they're they're in a lot of trouble at this point. And then actually, if for some reason we got to a game seven, John Gray was shoving for a few innings the other day. So, I mean, everything is against Arizona at this point. Can they get another game? Yeah, I, I do not see them coming back 
in a series like this. I actually think the biggest thing, Kip, in my mind is is the bullpen for Arizona. I think it's good, not great. And I, yep. I think if they had this insane bullpen and they got these early leads and they could hold off and pull off some upsets, cool. But I don't know. There's there's nothing there's nothing there for me that's going to say, okay, this team can, you know, rack up three in a row against the Rangers despite losing a couple of their guys. At least in my mind. I, I could see them scratching a game or two, but it's really hard to see three. It's, that means this next game is going to be decided probably in the first five innings. Because you want that, you if the D-backs want any part of this series to come back in their favor, they're going to have to jump out to an early lead. And then, like AJ was saying, they're going to play their brand of baseball where they're going to have to pour on those runs and try to save some of their bullpen arms. That's where they're really going to come in handy, too. And it's hard because it's like, A, you're not guaranteed to score those runs, and B, you're not you're not guaranteed to hold this Rangers offense set down. Kip, AJ, you got Evaldi doing it? What? Go ahead. Of course. Yes, I think Evaldi's been awesome. I mean, he, had, he got roughed up a little bit in game one, but he's going to come back. He's going to be on fire tomorrow to win the World Series. But, Kip, what I want to hear from Kip is we always talk about it on foul territory. Like, how important is it to score first? If you're the D-backs tomorrow, especially at home, they got to score first because if they get behind, I, I feel like yeah. they're in serious trouble. It is. It is. You start uh, – not you not you don't start thinking this is the end but it starts each out becomes that more of a heavier weight on your shoulders where you're just doing anything you start begging to get any kind of runs instead of just focusing on the game and um uh, that's where uh scoring early kind of really does come into play for a confidence standpoint for better hacks you watch the at bats tonight uh texas got up obviously a little early how aggressive was Texas in the box? It seemed like they were swinging one of the first two pitches. If there was a strike in the zone, they were hacking. Arizona was back on their feet, getting in deep counts because they just weren't pulling the trigger or weren't really that aggressive in the zone early on in the counts. So when you are up, you get to play a little looser, a little freer, uh, and you get to be a little bit more aggressive. And you just saw how Texas was able to do that and run with it. Yeah, there you go. A few more highlights here right now, early on, of this team putting together, you know, a second and third inning. Yeah. They were swinging early and often. It looks like they had a better approach, and or whether it was because they were ahead or that was just the game plan, uh, they were aggressive in the early parts of every at-bat, it looked like. And that wasn't always the case. I mean, the game one win was all about them spitting at pitches. You know, yeah. and they lost game two when Kelly's all over the zone. And, you know, I, I think they kind of adjusted later on in the game and then Kelly was striking them out. But, yeah, this was kind of a total performance early on from the offense. I think now, you, it, it, yeah. may have, it may have to do with the relievers, with the with the pen game. You know, these guys are kind of two pitch guys that want to get to their out pitch. Uh, they want to get to two strikes on you. So you don't even let them get to that nasty breaking ball or something. You just hit one of the fastballs they throw early and over. And the biggest thing that's so real that changes so much right now, Kratz, about baseball nowadays in the playoffs is that you keep rolling out the same relievers. You're, you see them more often in the postseason nowadays than you used to, and it changes things. I mean, you, you get four or five looks at relievers, and I'm not just talking about the late game dudes. Obviously, that helps too, but you see the middle relievers multiple times. That's when you put up crooked numbers. I feel like that's what you see in many postseasons. You know, they go to the same dude over and over to get your bridge from, like, the fifth to the seventh. And you're like, oh, there's a four spot. Yeah, I mean, neither no. of these teams want to see – well, neither of these teams want to see their bridge guys. 
game two, they hadn't seen, you know, the Rangers put out their bridge guys because it was, you know, it was a 4-1 game when Monty left, actually 2-1, but then those runs cashed in. Then they had to put those bridge guys in. That's not a good matchup for them. That's not a good matchup for, for the Rangers. To me, the issue is what you said about seeing guys too many times. Like if you see who saw Leclerc tonight, who got the hit, and then who was the last out? I'm forgetting. Walker. Was it Mor- uh, Moreno got the hit, and then Walker was the last out. So Moreno's seen Leclerc. And who did we say could be a big swing in these games if the Diamondbacks are going to come back? It could be a Walker at bat that he has in this game six when – it's a tie ball game in the ninth, and they got to bring Leclerc in to keep, you know, to keep the game close. I just think I don't know how the the person that comes to my mind is Dodgers Brandon Morrow. Brandon Morrow just kept getting run out there, run out there, and the Astros just got to him. The Astros got to him, and he was throwing five out of the seven games. We don't have that situation yet, but I think. This could be where a guy like Bochi is his experience. Okay, hey, I remember we can't just keep going to all these guys all the time and giving them their looks because it could, you know, it, it could turn out bad in a time when you need them. The bridge guy in game three was good, though, for the Rangers. Huge. John, John Gray was – that's a good bridge in game yeah. three. Because you've you seen see that, that too. Did I see that coming? No, but are you surprised? Like John, John Gray is, is good stuff. You know, he's in the regular season. What do you call him? A number three? Yes. Okay. So a number three out of your bullpen for three innings where the stuff plays up and now you're upper nineties and the slider's on. That'll but he's, play. Had one, and that- he's had one outing. He's had one outing and it was, it was poor. He looked, he looked bad in the playoffs before before this last outing. So you don't know what you're getting. It's like Evaldi's first outing in the playoffs. You didn't know what you were going to get. He was bad the last four starts of the season. You didn't know what you were going to get. Now we know. Now we know this dude is an absolute beast in the playoffs, just like he was his entire career. But John Gray gives you one postseason appearance, and you're like, oh, crap. We got to go to John Gray now because Scherzer's out. And John Gray's like, I can throw. I mean, he was touching 97s last night in game three. Did you see that comment just now, Kip, from, I think it was Mike Gore, the name was. You can use Montgomery in relief tomorrow if need. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. You, that, that's desperation. You, I, I think you got to play that smart. There it is. Why? Why would Why would he say that, you think? Because he doesn't know he what he's talking about. Six, wouldn't he? What <laughs> <laughs> did AJ say? You guys, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's it's desperation. Chance, you don't need to do There that. ain't a chance in holy hell that Jordan Montgomery gets on the field tomorrow. I don't yeah. care what the score is. This game would have to go 57 innings, and he still wouldn't be out there. <laughs> yeah, I would have a better chance of pitching before Montgomery gets in the game tomorrow. Yeah, that's I'm not fair. sure. That's why I asked, like, what, what, am, I, what am I missing? He's, he's, he's saying if they get the lead, throw out all the – the best guys they got to make sure they win that one. But you, if there's a backfire, that sets you up to be backfired on the game six and game seven right there. That's why you can't throw him to answer that guy's question. Or Also, 
Yeah, and on top of that, even if you were crazy and wanted to go that route, Jordan Montgomery's stuff was down last time around. He actually looked like a guy that could use an extra day. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not throwing yeah, him out there yeah. right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, his, his velo was down. His spin rate was down. His stuff was down. I mean, he can pitch through that, but I'd, I'd rather have him, you know, start like a normal dude that he is, a number two or whatever he, you want to call him, um, in game six. So, I think they're good. That's why they're in a great spot right now. So, yep. it is what it is. Um, if anyone has a question, throw it down there right now. We'll do one question before we head out. But in the meantime, check out MLB Nine Innings Arrivals. Let's run that for you, and then we'll chat afterward. We all love the game. The game. The game. We all put in our blood, blood sweat, sweat, and tears. We're all pushing. We're all pushing, pushing, pushing for the same goal. We all want to be the best. We all want to be the best. The competition never ends. Never ends. And rivalries, rivalries are made. Are made. Start your rivalry. Start your rivalry today in MLB 9 Inning Rivals. Boom, there it is. Check out the app. You can download it for free. Scan the QR code on your screen. And game features include new battle content, postseason pick'em mode. You can switch between quick play, highlight play, and full play. And they kind of have the best baseball commercials out there, some of the best at least. So props to MLB 9 Innings and MLB 9 Innings Rivals. Um, okay, final thoughts here. Um, is there any chance that this gets extended for another couple games? in anyone's mind here? And if so, how does that happen? So like Tyler said, what do the D-backs have to do to make this go seven besides winning two in a row? Yes, we can give you a little more than that. I can go first. I'm going to say, of course, there's a chance. Uh, I would never say there's not a chance coming from my history, but um, I really think that the, the Rangers' depth uh, and offense is just was showcased tonight and is really going to be hard to beat these next few games, mm -hmm. especially next I have I have one tip because I talked about it like 15 minutes ago. Different game plan against Corey Seager. Come on. It's the guy. It's the guy that can't beat you enough. It's a good start. Yeah. I know easier said than done, but my thing with, with guys that swing that much, AJ, is I know it's not just a video game. You press a button and the pitch goes wherever you want it, but but can you not set up like way outside the zone and say, fuck off, dude, not this time. Like you just, can. just to at least say like, yo, not you, someone else beat us. Okay. Cause I feel like that happens sometimes. And, and not only does it work, it can get in a guy's head. I mean, I'm thinking back now, actually remember years ago where Harper kept walking a ton and then eventually it kind of got in his head and he, he admitted it. But even in the last round, the Diamondbacks definitely adjusted their game plan, especially against Harper. And they were like, yo, enough of this. This dude's not beating us. Someone else beats us lower in the lineup. Cool. If we get consistent, outstanding performances from, you know, Bohm, Castellanos, et cetera, they're hitting homers left and right. Fine. That's how we go down. They didn't go down. Listen, here, here's the thing for me. If they're going to do anything, yes, they have to make better moves on Seager, better pitches. But you know who's got to show up tomorrow and hasn't shown up really in the postseason? Zach Gallen. He's he's supposed to be one of the top five pitchers in the National League. 
Well, he's got a 5.27 ERA in this postseason. He's pitched 27 innings, gave up 28 hits, 13 walks. 13 walks for Zach Gallon, a guy that's not supposed to walk anybody. So if the Diamondbacks want to extend this, they got to look at that guy right there on the right, on the screen, and, and say, hey, Zach, guess what? We're going to need you to show up. You're pitching at home. Show up. Give us six quality innings. Give us a chance to get the lead early and give us a chance to get to those guys in the bullpen. Because if he goes out and, and gives up four in the first three innings, guess what? Pack your shit, boys. This series is over. Rangers are world champs. 100%. I was going to say the walks. 18 straight games, Zach Gallon has walked somebody that he has started in. And that cannot – yes, there's a difference in walking Seager to get to Mitch Garver. If they have Mitch Garver hitting – I think they'll probably have Evan Carter hitting behind Mitch Garver tomorrow. But I mean, behind – Corey Seager, but you cannot walk four guys. Like he had a, he had an admirable start his last time out. He has been he has been okay. He has to step up. There's there's no because that normally a 3-1 game, that that manager, Tori Lavello, is gonna be like this on the panic button. Go! But what happened last night, I mean tonight, is they used all their bullpen. This is Zach Allen's game. They said, we are going to flush everybody out. Yeah, there's going to be some guys available. I get that. Castro's probably available. Diamondbacks fans are like, ugh. And to me, they have to keep it close. Let's say Gallon gives them five. That's To me, that's a below average start for what they need from Gallon. But let's say they give them five. You have to go right to Ryan Thompson. You have to go to Ginkle. Whatever your spot in the lineup is, you've got to <laughs> – I, I may even say we might see Ginkle in the fourth. If Ginkle's spot in the lineup, his sweet spot is, you know, an Evan Carter, Mitch Garver is probably would be Grossman then. But, you know, if, if it's that spot in the order, to me, you might see Ginkle in the fourth. That That's the most – that's worst-case scenario for the Diamondbacks. But he cannot walk so many guys to the point where they may even be like, hey, we're not even wasting – we're not even wasting pitch count. Put him on. We're going after Carter. So it could be an Evan mm-hmm. Carter type of game. That's fine. Let the rookie beat me. Uh, yeah. Just not Seager. Enough, you know, if, if I'm them. And on the other end, I mean, credit to the Rangers. This is how we'll finish, and we'll talk all about it, especially if they end up winning this thing. They spent money, and it worked, period. I mean, they've been aggressive at the deadline. We've talked about this a lot if you're an FT fan and you're with us regularly. They did it at the deadline. They did it during multiple free agency time periods. And they've dealt with adversity. You're, you're not going to hit on like half your free agents. Like they're not going to all hit, especially in the same year. I mean, DeGrom's not pitching. Now Scherzer's not pitching, but all good. Look, John Gray was a buy. Nate Valdi was a buy. Corey Seager was a buy. Marcus Simeon was a buy. Jordan Montgomery was an ad. Credit to Chris Young and company. They crushed it over like a two-year span. They did it quickly. So they're one win away. They've never won one in franchise history. Fans are freaking out. We'll see what happens. We're on FT during the day, 1 to 3 Eastern time. So uh, hear more from us. Send us questions. We'll go over it during the show. And then we are live after every World Series game. So we will see everyone after game five and see what happens. Enjoy. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever. And uh, we'll see you soon on FT.